You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is not a drill, guys. We actually have an ad on Triviality for the first time, but uh, that's thanks to Zencaster. Um, they brought us a long way. Uh, if you've been listening to our show, you have probably noticed an increase in quality over the years, partially due to Zencaster's studio quality for our guests who call into the studio. Stay tuned for more information on that during the swing round and after the podcast. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. This is Ken coming at you. We have Jeff and Neil in the studio, and Matt is no more. Matt is no more. He disintegrated after Thanos snapped his fingers. Uh, but we're hoping for the sequel where he'll come back. But hey, three out of four, still alive. Pretty good. Yeah, we made the this area is supposed to be 50-50. What did they call it in the movie? Is it the snapping or what? What's it, it called? The the blip. Or the blip. I think is the official. Okay. I feel like we're like three years too late. Because on this joke. because they sh- <laughs> yeah. No, well here's the thing. They shot that Spider-Man one before people saw Infinity War, and then people started calling it the snap. Mm. But in the movie which they shot already they called it the blip and this is in no relation to the miniseries that came out a long time ago called the slap, the slap. <laughs> and also no relation Zachary quinto Zachary quinto right and it's also no relation to the oscars Correct. i was gonna say that's that's the part two right yeah right the two greatest slaps on tv i guess so yeah or, or most unfortunate true and most probably the most awkward maligned maligned anyways yeah good intro guys yeah, great intro of was jokes ten years old or whatever, however long Infinity War ago was. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we got some great guests and a great host today joining us over uh, the Zencaster. So we're excited. Yep, we're excited to have them over Zencaster, which uh, helps us record their audio uh, directly from their source. That's right. And uh, the first guest is Alicia from California. She's an Oakland Five supporter, so we can't thank her enough for that. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Hi. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I teach math at a middle school, um, and I, I'm just really excited to be on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much. We're, excited to we're, have you. Yeah. We're glad that you, uh, you listen and, uh, we'll just get right to it. Our hosts with the most today, another Oakland five supporter, uh, that is Nathan Sharnock. He's in uh, Dallas, Texas, even though he's an Howdy. Oakland five supporter. You can, you can not, support not Oakland in five. Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> In, in I've been to Oakland, so I guess I've got that going for me. Yeah, you just skimmed the Oakland Five uh, culture. Yeah, that's good. Tell us a little about a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, 
I work in the public transit here in Dallas. I just make sure the trains crash on time. That's oh, my job. No. Yeah. Actually, we, uh, you know, we have, as far as I know, we have yet to trap anybody in a tunnel. So we oh, leave that good. up to Washington, D.C. That's their job. That's, that's their gig. No, yeah. no daylight starring Sylvester Stallone situations. No, we, we, we try and avoid that as much as possible. You have a movie reference for every situation, you know that? Well, I was going to say, if uh, if he ever gets kidnapped from doing his duties, it would be the taking of Charnock, one, two, three. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's a good episode title, to be honest. Oh, good. That's we, my job. We, we, really, we might consider that. All I care about is just throwing little episode titles in under the cuff throughout the whole episode. That's really all I care about. And when I get one, I feel good about myself. So, uh, Nathan, if you could send Jeff a photo of yourself for the big Photoshop job, just in case we decide to use it as a title. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will see what I can do. I'll All find right. a good one. Well, those are the intros. I think, Alicia, you are going to team up with Neil today. Yeah, I am super horrible at sports, and Neil very kindly volunteered to kind of pick up that slack. Neil, so, super okay at sports. I was to say, of the, the three <laughs> of us left in the studio since the snappening, uh, Neil is the least worst. Yes, that's correct. And, and Alicia and I were talking about uh, Jigglypuff before we started recording, and... Uh, she said Jigglypuff, and that makes me think of Sean Combs, Puff oh, Daddy. Of course. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be Jigglypuff Daddy. Very good. Uh, since you're doing a Pokemon, I guess we'll take, uh, what, Psyduck? And we'll be Psyduck in a box. Pretty good team names. All right. Now, if we uh, if we sweep up Matt's uh, dust here and we throw it out, can he be re uh, reassembled later? Or well, here's my we question. The dust? Can we take you to your tattoo artist? And, and use his, his dust, as, dust an ink. as an ink. And then what happens if he does come back? Does he come out of your body? Yeah, probably. Like Quado? Another reference of Quado on this podcast? <laughs> All right, that's podcast. enough of that. <laughs> well, uh, let's get the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Are you Carly Simon? Because nobody does it better. You're the cream of the crop. Great rules, Reed. Uh, it, it was fitting that Humphrey Bogart would read the rules because behind Nathan is a stand-up of Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. He lost his scarf, we hear, so he's cold neck bogey, though, today. And somewhere there's also a cardboard cutout of Vivian Lee, which I really need to find. Uh, nobody gives a damn. Do you sleep in this room so you wake no. up and you see Bogart's silhouette towering no. over you? But when, uh, when when guests come and stay over at the house, I generally put it outside their door when I go to sleep. Uh, very good, very good. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Classic. Sweet dreams, kid. That's not bad. Yeah. I'll give it a C plus. Well, I was do what I was doing was uh, Peter Brady doing Humphrey Bogart from Brady Bunch when he goes, uh, pork chops and applesauce. Is that a, it's a famous is that, episode? Is he doing a Humphrey Bogart impression? Yeah, he, so he's trying to figure out a personality because someone said you don't have a personality. So he watched a Humphrey Bogart movie and then he started doing the voice. So he goes, Alice, Alice, watch for dinner. And she goes, pork chops? He goes, pork chops. Pork, pork chops, chops and, and applesauce. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard the pork chops and applesauce, but I didn't know he was doing an impression. Yeah. So now I have the full context. Mm -hmm. And on that note, let's get to the game. All right. So for this game, uh, just an important note before we start, there are some clues hidden in the questions and in the category names. But here's the confusing part. 
not all of the clues are for the question at hand. Some of them are for later questions. Mm-hmm. So just try and try and keep in mind things that I might say throughout the game because they might help you either in the immediate question or in a later one. Neil's so. brain's going to explode. Yeah, I'm going to lean on Alicia for that. Okay. Um, and <laughs> fortunately for everybody, I did cut down the amount of sports questions, so I guess it's good that uh, we don't have all the sports people here today. So um, I guess we can go ahead and get started with uh, round one, question one. Category is, I think Funeral for a Friend wrote a song about it. Annapolis is one of my favorite cities in the U.S. It also happens to be the smallest state capital by area at less than seven square miles. This city, however, is the largest state capital by area, but definitely not by population. And it is also the second largest city in America by area. What city is it? Can I believe we can lock in? That's good. Um, I'm biased towards Sacramento just because I'm in California. Okay. And... I know Sacramento's pretty large. I don't know. Oh, com- I know compared to Los Angeles and San Francisco, it's relatively not dense. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I would. Uh, what about like a place in Texas or Montana? Because because those are really big states, like area wise. Well, I know Houston. I believe now is the third. I think it moved up from four to three for uh, most population over Chicago. Um, it was also making me think of Juneau, Alaska, as a capital that had a lot of area but didn't have a lot of people. I, I mean, we could just go Sacramento if you want, just to do the hometown answer. Yeah, we'll stick with that. All right. And um, I believe that like five or six of the largest cities. Uh, in the United States are all in Alaska. So we locked in with Juneau, Alaska. Juneau is correct. We were close. Question two for relaxing times. Hawked by Bill Bill Murray in the film Lost in Translation, this company, which now owns Jim Beam, is the founder of the first commercial distillery in Japan. Sadly, the movie made Japanese whiskey way too popular, and it is a little difficult to buy nice Hibikiri Yamazaki these days. What is the uh, company? We're locked in. Uh, do you know this one, Alicia? I think I know it, but just wanted to have, I have a good idea. The only one I can, the only, well, I know Suntory has really good alcohol and, uh, like distilled alcohol, like the hard alcohol. So I'm like, if I had to guess on my own, I would say Suntory. I think you're right. Because if I remember in the movie, he's doing a commercial, I think he says Suntory time. So I'm cool to lock that in if you are. For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. That is correct. Suntory is the company. Uh, I knew that uh, most of y'all don't drink, so I figured I'd throw in the movie angle to make it a little easier. It definitely helped, that's for sure. I believe Suntory also makes all kinds of beverages, too. Like I think they have a lot of stuff in the vending machines. and Oh, yeah, like all kinds of stuff. They also make an excellent gin, if you're ever wanting some good gin. There you go. Mm. Um, All right. So for question three, a story of very unrelaxing times. In a film series that only has one original screenplay, which happened to be the worst of all the films, 
The rest were adapted from either screenplays or novels. The first film is adapted from a book titled Nothing Lasts Forever, where a guy named Leland goes to see his daughter and wacky hijinks and or violence occur. What is this movie? I can lock in for us, Alicia. Ah, uh, that just took a second. Uh, the Nothing Lasts Forever, I had to place it, I believe. This is Die Hard. Does that make sense? Okay. You said one was based off of a book. No, what'd you say? At least, well, so this one was based off a book titled Nothing Lasts Forever. I think out of the series, two of them were based on books. I think it's the Die Hard series. Well, yeah, the only thing I can think of is Nothing Lasts Forever is lyrics from Dust in the Wind by Journey. But... <laughs> so that's not it. <laughs> no. no. Also I think November it, Rain by Guns N' Roses. I think that's the book that Die Hard's based on. So Okay. Yep, I believe uh, Nothing Lasts Forever, uh, written by Roderick Thorpe. Originally, it was going to star Frank Sinatra. Uh, we went Die Hard. That is correct. It is Die Hard. I always forget that that the premise is much older than than the late '80s. Yeah, Sinatra was going to do the movie, and uh, he realized he was getting a little too old. But they had to ask him permission because of the contract, because he was like kind of tied to it. And then he, you know, gave his blessing, and then they. He's like, I'm it. not walking over broken glass. Yeah. And Actually, how it? would he say it in the Sinatra sing-songy accent? Uh, <laughs> you two-time and punk guy ain't going over broken glass. Sorry. That's more Charles Bronson, it's actually. But it was still okay. Yeah. It was passable for being uh, asked to do an impression yeah. on the spot. Yeah. All right. So on to question four. Also a 1977 hit for Slim Dusty. Ever since the Sunset Limited stopped running east of New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, there has not been a true coast-to-coast rail journey in North America. In fact, they're almost non-existent around the world. One country, however, has two. One, the GAN, runs north-south, while this train runs east-west and is named for the two oceans that it connects. Name this train. Hmm. The only problem is there's no oceans in there. I know, but I don't know what else to say. It's making me, I'm thinking like a, a country that is prolific with trains is usually Japan, but I don't know if they have an like east-west train, and I don't know what oceans are near Japan. Well, we'll go ahead and lock in here, so. Well, we're going to take a guess. Okay, so they're locked in, Alicia. Um, I don't know much about trains or oceans, uh, but I believe Japan has uh, a lot of famous trains, um, different Modes of transportation. Uh, GAN kind of makes me think in that area, but I could be way off. What are you thinking? You know what? I think that would be a really good guess because I know Nathan, I know we had a question just about Suntory and he did say that some of the clues just kind of help with questions, you know, future questions. So I think Japan would be a really good guess. Okay. And do you happen to know, I'm really bad with this, but the oceans that would be east-west, would Pacific be one of them? Pacific something? Safe to uh, say. <laughs> Pacific and Indian, maybe? Or okay. is that a sea? Indian, no, Indian Ocean, I believe, right? Maybe like, it does sound, Indian Pacific kind of sounds like a train. The Indian Pacific. Yeah, I don't know. You want to go with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to guess uh, that this might be Australia related. Um, and we're going to say Indian Pacific. So one of you got it straight up. The other one fell into it. It is the Indian Pacific, which runs from Sydney to Adelaide. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it, it pays off, kids. Sometimes you know nothing about oceans or geographical location. But I don't uh, believe Japan this, touches the Indian Ocean at any point. It does not. Yes. The, the Sea of Japan Pacific would be a weird name for a train. 
All right, so let's move on to question five, Croak Madame. For about a year, I lived in Denton, Texas. Known for songs such as 1989 and Girls All the Bad Guys Want, the band Bowling for Soup no. was based in Denton. <laughs> However, they are not actually from Denton. They are originally from Wichita Falls, which is also the city where this two-time Olympic gold medalist in Atlanta and Athens and two-time Women's World Cup champion grew up and graduated from high school. All right, so we're locking in. And you said, what? With Neil's Neil, favorite. Neil, Neil's favorite. <laughs> okay. My favorite? I don't know. Uh, so, Alicia, what, what are you thinking on this one? Uh, I had two. So, Megan Rapino, like, I know she's a popular soccer, women's soccer player. And the other one I can think of off the top of my head is Mia Hamm. Because I know she's from the era that would have played in the two cities that Nathan mentioned. I like, I like your thinking on that because he did say the 96 Olympics, uh, which was here in the U S. Um, yeah. And when I think of, you know, soccer players from the nineties, I, I feel like Mia Hamm is, is the, the most famous and, and the best of, of that era. So I, I do like Mia Hamm if you want to go with that. All right, cool. Uh, we guessed one of the other women who was famous at that time for that team. We said Brandy Chastain. And it was Mia Hamm, born in Alabama, but raised in Wichita Falls, Texas. Great poll, Alicia. Coin flip. Yep, coin flip that we lost. Well, uh, speaking of coin flips, uh, it's usually 50-50. And uh, at the end of the first five questions, both teams picking up 40 points. So it's tied at 40. All right. So let's move on to question six, like melting clocks. Time is an illusion. It's an arbitrary abstraction that humans have generally based either on the movement of the sun or phases of the moon to measure the progression of existence. Though he wrote A Brief History of Time, Stephen Hawking worked in physics and cosmology. Not this, which is the study of time. So we make up a... Uh... Oh. I mean, does that, does, that, yeah. does that make sense, though? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a word. I know it's a word. And I was going to say temporal physics. Manipulation. No, it's a magic card. Damn it. Anyways, I like your answer. We'll lock in. Okay, so they're locked in. I'm pretty sure Stephen Hawking wasn't studying Morris Day in the time, uh, even though that's a shame. Um, my my Just uh, a bit outside. Just a bit outside. My, uh, my brain, my feeble brain, immediately thinks it's kind of a fun trick and it's timeology, but I know it's not going to be that. So what are you thinking? Um, I know the other Latin or uh, Greek root for time is cron, like chronicles and all of that. So chronology. I like chronology. That's great. Bringing in the Latin there. And it is a word. It's something we all know about. And I feel like a professor of chronology sounds really cool. Let's go with that if that's okay with you. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we did the same thing. We said, uh, Ology, uh, the study of, and Kronos. Uh, we just smashed it together, hoping that they're both Greek, and said chronology. So, technically, it would be horology, which is because chronology is yep. the study of arranging things. Uh, that's right. In order. So, I've heard of horology. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought that that might be something that would trip people up, but. Is that where the word hour comes from? Yes. Ooh. Oh, so is it H O U R ology? Yes. Orology. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. Uh, it's, oh, H O R, I think. H O R O L G Y. But yeah. 
just trying to make sure so I, in the future i don't get in trouble if i'm talking yeah, about I'm horology around 12 year olds all day and my mind just i, I immediately went to the dirty thing yeah. well you're kind of <laughs> so... around a couple 12 year olds right now in a way <laughs> yeah. mentally we never Got past sixth Mentally. grade in our minds. That's correct. So it's the same science Harvey Keitel and taxi driver studied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's move on to number seven. Not just a train. After I stopped waking up at 4 a.m. to open a Starbucks every morning, I tried to cut down on my caffeine intake by switching to tea after the morning. I have one tea I'm particularly fond of. It's an Indian tea named after the area in West Bengal between Nepal and Bhutan where it is grown. It is typically, but not limited to, black tea, and it can also make green, white, and oolong teas. What tea is this? How dare you, sir? Reluctant. <laughs> I also remember the days what a, of... What a, what a little drop that was that he, that he put in there. It, it almost grazed right past Why me. Why do you have to call attention to things? That's fine. That's fine. Uh, do you know anything about tea, Alicia? I might have to rehear the question if there's a clue in there, but. Um, I believe, oh, I know chai tea is definitely Indian, but mm -hmm. I've heard from people that chai is just the generic, like Indian word for tea. It, so it, it's it kind just of, means tea. Yeah. Um, when he mentioned the train, Dar uh, Darlijing. Oh, the Darjeeling Limited or Darjeeling. Yeah. It's not limited to, he said. <laughs> I, I, oh, I got that now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm totally fine with that answer. Great poll on that. Yeah, we said Darjeeling. I was just enjoying a cup with Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> that is correct. It is Darjeeling. And uh, shout out to Louis for giving me the idea to throw in the word limited. One of the playtesters. So. We did have it before then, Ken and I, but uh, that cemented our answer so yeah. it was a great clue uh and it, you made me think of my days at starbucks waking up at 4 a.m uh, and then i also would get a chai tea in the afternoon sometimes after having uh, a bunch of you know refreshers and espresso shots and coffee to stay awake Yikes. good thing yeah, nobody it, good thing nobody on the podcast works for starbucks anymore and instead works for the uh, conglomerate conglomerate yeah yes i uh yeah i Every morning would put four or five shots in a cup and just knock it back <laughs> to start the day. <laughs> Woo. All right, so we can move on to number eight, Build Me a Home. Known for his five points manifesto of architecture and many works in France, such as Villa Savoie, the master plan for Chandigarh in India, and many other works, the Swiss-born French architect Charles-Edouard Genéret is better known as what, due to him apparently resembling a crow? Old beaky face. <laughs> Don't laugh at my answer, a big bird. It's funny. I like it. It's funny. I'm not saying it's right. I just think it's funny. The it's the it's similar to or it comes from the word what the word for crow in French. Ah, claw. So beaky face is not crow? French. Last time I checked. I have no idea. I've heard. I of wrote this "Big person. Bird" on my paper. That's all I got. What would "Big Bird" be in French? Grand Bird. <laughs> Le Grand Bird will be our answer. Bird. <laughs> well, I think it's "Wasso" is bird in French. I have no, no idea, Alicia. Do you have any ideas on this? All I'm thinking about is murder. Um, I am. 
thinking about all the like Latin and like those roots and I like we mentioned ornithology so like orno or something like that um the only other thing I can think of was a raven but a raven's really different than a crow right yes uh, I mean there's some more different very similar looking different calls though I believe crows don't mock you for your lost love but ravens do <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw a nice meme that had all the differences, even though they look similar. That like one sounds different, one's angrier, or something like that. Good old Edgar Allan Crow. Uh, yeah, I have. I really have no idea. I like the, your the Latin angle again. I just um, my French isn't helping me here because I do not know the the French word for crow. My um, first question is, what is the transliteration of one eating crow? Anytime I learn a foreign language, how about croc? Because we he already said croque madame, which is is not a sandwich with crow in it. But do you want to just say le croque? Yeah, we'll stick okay. with that. And we're saying le grand bear. <laughs> so uh, crow in French is corbeau, and it's uh, le corbusier. Mm, I've never heard of that before. Oh, I have heard of le corbusier, but I don't I've know heard why. Of everything from YouTube videos. That's true. I've heard of a bustier. Oh, jeez. Question number nine, where the buffalo roam? Through rebuilding of bison herds and reintroducing them to many of the areas they once roamed is one of the greatest conservation success stories of the 20th and 21st centuries. One of the newer areas for reintroduction is this place. It is Canada's oldest national park. It was established in 1885 as Rocky Mountain Park, but it is now known as what? You know that's correct? Yeah. That was my guess. Yep. Okay. Do you know any Canadian parks? um is prince edward island is that like does that have a huge park in it is that a region or a park that i do not I've always know wanted to go to pei i heard they have a, a piercing view though um <laughs> can almost spit out his drink um <laughs> it's not even right <laughs> it's not the right prince it's not? No. Well, it is Edward, isn't it? No. Albert. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> it was oh, good, no. though. I liked it. I, I, felt, liked it. I felt oh, good no. about it. That's okay. I liked it, <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> piercing view. The, re the reason idiot. I... The reason, <laughs> the reason I, I was thinking of, of, Al of Albert is because I always see memes about Prince Edward, but with the piercing, and I confuse the two all, all right, the time. Right. Anyway. Um, so Prince Edward Island. I loved it though. Oh, thank you. That sounds good to me. The Yukon Trail, I don't think is a park. The Yukon. No, it's just a ter uh, territory, right? Yukon Territory. <laughs> I think so. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm at a loss, really. Um, yeah, I feel bad uh, to uh, Canadian listener Sean Bernstein, uh, who I'm sure will tell me I was way off on this one. Uh, I, let's just go with Prince Edward Island because maybe it is a park as well because I really don't know any parks in Canada except for the one we went to on the Top Gun ride and banned for a field trip. I can't remember what it's called. That was uh, Canada's Wonderland. Yeah. We um, locked in with Banff National Park. Uh, and that is correct. We went to there. Famous Jeff. for sites like Lake Louise and uh, other lovely things to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I Jeff. think just all of it. In the wilderness. Yeah. It, it's very nice. Now, is it Banff with an N or Banff? B-A-N-F-F, -F, Banff. Okay. Have you ever been to Banff National Park? Badass. <laughs> Only badass. <laughs> loud. 
Excuse me, are you Samuel L. Jackson? I think that's called all the American ones because we're cool. That's yeah. true. There is I don't a... know. Have you ever been to Dry Tortugas? <laughs> I have that's not. A... That's the one off that's the coast reject, of Key West that's uh, like a sunken. It actually seems pretty, pretty cool, but. That's the. Uh, it just has the, like a... the black sheep of the national parks. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So now we are on to question 10. Final one of the first round. It's uh, Ladri di Bicicletti. Like Martin Scorsese, I love exploring classic Italian cinema, as well as many newer films from that country, such as The Great Beauty and Sorrentino's latest film, The Hand of God. The Hand of God refers to Diego Maradona's controversial hand-assisted goal for Argentina against which country in the 1986 World Cup? The subsequent win was seen by Argentinians as revenge for a humiliating loss four years earlier. This would be my guess based on all of the information I, presented. I don't know anything about this, so you're you're good. You're good. We're going to lock in. Do, uh, do you know anything about World Cup fiascos? I was just hoping for a bicycle thief question. I thought that's where he was going. That's why. I... <laughs> I, you know what? I think I might have heard this mentioned in Narcos, maybe. Mm. Um, Narcos. And for that reason, I'm... I, I, I know I'm going to sound really ignorant here. Colombia? Columbia. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that too. I, I've heard this this phrase, the Maradona, is that the soccer player's name? Yes. Maradona. Okay. I've heard him a lot. Uh and I was just watching something where they were talking about Maradona something something. So yeah, Colombia, if you heard it on Narcos, I, I I feel good about going with Colombia. I was thinking it was either Colombia, Brazil, or probably yeah, Colombia or Brazil, because I feel like a big soccer power would have embarrassed them or something like that, like he was saying. So let's let's go with Colombia if you feel okay with that. Our guess is based on not a soccer embarrassment, but rather an invasion of an islands that they controlled. And we think this is the UK and the references to the Falkland Islands. That is correct. The embarrassment was getting kicked out of the Falklands after 10 days or 10 weeks. Well, I had not nothing to do with that answer. Good job, Jeff. Thank good, you. Good poll. Good uh, job, Jeff's brain. After the first round, looks like uh, we're at 50 points. Uh, so we're halfway there, as Bon Jovi would tell us. And Jeff and Ken over at, prayer. over at Psyduck in the box, you're at 70. So you had a really good round there. So 70 to 50 going into the swing round. All right. So the swing round, uh, I pre-recorded this. I played all of this myself. And it's all song intros. Um, and so for this, it's going to be artist and title. And if you get one of them, it's two points. If you get both, you get artist and title, you get all five. Well, it sounds really cool. It does sound cool. So so for the listeners, these are just famous songs, and you played the intro. We have to name the artist and title. Yes. And two points for each. If you get both, you get five. Okay. Cool. Let's hear them. Number one. Number two. Number three. 
Number four. Number Number six. Number seven. Number eight. Number nine. Number ten. Awesome. I feel like I'm in a guitar center right now. The last one, I messed up the final note, but I got the run right. And so I was like, I don't care. There you <laughs> go. Well, we don't care either, but we're going to do our best to uh, get these answers. Great job. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Today's episode is partially sponsored by Zencaster, and we couldn't be happier about that. We love the product. We use it 
on virtually every episode that we do uh, to get our guests to come in clearly. Uh, they have a great program that filters the audio, makes it easy to edit, and stores it online for us, too. Yeah, it's a huge help that all of our recordings are backed up on a cloud-based uh, backup system that Zencaster runs. And that way we just know that none of our episodes or none of our audio from our contestants are going to be lost uh, like it was one time, which is still embarrassing. You'll never hear it. Yeah, we can't control the Midwest weather when the tornadoes hit. Sometimes we lose power. It happens. Not only that, Zencaster is super simple to use for our guests and for ourselves. You do it right in the browser. There's almost no learning curve. Saves us a bunch of time and hassle. Thank you, Zencaster. And let's get those swing round answers. And we are back. We have sussed out as many of these songs as we could. I took a bathroom break and I was looking at the Shakespeare uh, poster and I burst out laughing because I saw the uh, typo Desdemona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not Desdemona. But uh, we are back and uh, let's get the uh, clips one more time and we'll give our answers. So number one, I don't think we quite figured it out, but we'll just say Yellow Bad Letter by Pearl Jam. And then Team... What was it, Jigglypuff Daddy? Yep. All right, uh, so we got Prince Purple Rain. It was Prince Purple Rain. Oh, I had a little yellow bed letter problem when I was a kid. Sure you did? <laughs> no shame. Yeah, um, all I can hear is Brian Johnson uh, screaming Hell's Bells. Uh, we said ACDC. This one took us a while, but uh, we landed on a similar primal scream, and we also went Hell's Bells by ACDC. That's that's the song right there. And so for number three. Uh, we, we knew this was Green Day, but I think Ken knew the title since I wasn't aware. Yeah, I think that's Longview. Um, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Alicia... Um, knew it was green day uh and i did as well once i heard the baseline but we weren't sure of the title we went a little bit more modern we said holiday and it was long view by green day well on probably one of the more popular songs about self-pleasure is that what it's about yeah hmm. all right so next we have number four yeah um heard someone maybe slip highway run uh when this song was playing and uh i knew it was journey and uh, we settled on faithfully and this one uh we also we said it was journey and we went faithfully that is correct it is faithfully by journey and what do we get for number five nothing i don't think ken and i ever came up with this one nothing yeah this Um, one uh, go ahead alicia Oh, sorry. Uh, wait, well, Neil and I both got Kanye West, but I didn't know the title of the song, so luckily you said Runaway. So for number five, we got Kanye West, Runaway. It is Runaway by Kanye West, or Kanye, or Ye, or Kanye West and Pusha T, however you want to say it. Yeah, That's the correct easy. answer. Yep. I, I would accept any of them. And so then for number six... Going back to high school, what 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 do we got? Yeah, I uh, knew this one right away. All American Rejects. It was Swing Swing. Yep, hearing the organ, uh, knew right away. It was Swing Swing by All American Rejects. It is those boys from Oklahoma, All American Rejects. And for number seven, we really didn't know, so we picked something that it could be maybe, and we said Zach Brown Band, Chicken Fried. Um, and we didn't know either, so, uh, we guessed Midnight Dexy Runner, Dexy's Runners, Come On Eileen. 
Uh, it is Amarillo by Morning, George Strait. That, that was, was so close. No, not that was that was my hard country uh, one to throw on. This is not the right rule. I've heard for of the hard yeah. country cuts. I've heard of George Strait. What's Morning, George Strait? What? Is that what, what? you said? Oh, you say- Amarillo by Morning is the name of the song. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's mourning George Strait? Is that a different, is that like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric Gaines or whatever? <laughs> Go take a nap, Neil. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, the, the alter ego of uh, Chris Garth Gaines. Brooks. Chris, Chris Gaines. Gaines. Anyway, uh, number eight. Yeah, um, we think we got the answer today. Uh, we said you two Bloody Sunday. No jokes about this one. <laughs> Yeah, this one, right. uh, famous dr- uh, drum intro, uh, if you know it, you know it. Uh, we said you 2 Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Should I give points for just... Points, points, points. I, yeah, I don't care. I mean, you, you knew what song it was. So. They knew. They knew so what it was. They yeah. just forgot. We, we they f- demonstrated knowledge like that guy who said Gangster's Paradise on Jeopardy. Yes. True. Yeah. All right, so then number nine... This one was a little tricky, um, but I know it's Led Zeppelin. I believe it's Over the Hills and Far Away. Oh, okay. Uh, This one, we had absolutely no idea. It just sounded kind of country. So we just said John Denver, Rocky Mountain High. It is Led Zeppelin, Over the Hills and Far Away. Is this one of the Lord of the Rings songs? I love that. Yes. They're all Lord of the Rings songs. Did you know that? Oh, that the album is about Lord of the Rings? Oh, no. Pretty much all of their songs are about Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Oh, really? What about what Stairway to Heaven? Is that from Lord of the Rings? I don't know. Oh. Maybe not, Pretty much all like, of them. It's like 80%. Oh, that's funny. The Mount of Mordor. I mean, I Robert Plant was not a great songwriter and a huge nerd, so he just fell back on Tolkien whenever. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Go- that's okay. Nobody goes to listen to Zeppelin for the lyrics. It's all for the awesome guitar work. There you go. So oh, I'm here for the, the fair one or whatever <laughs> And then for uh, number 10, also probably pretty hard for this room. I apologize for that. We just guessed Maggie Mae by Rod Stewart, even though I'm pretty sure that's wrong. And Alicia? Um, it sounded like Danny California, but I don't think Danny California started out that way. So um, I know they sampled Tom Petty. So we guessed um, Tom Petty, Last Dance of Mary Jane. It's Copperhead Road by Steve Earle. My favorite. Oh, no way. And who, who, I have heard that song. Who's so Road it, Steve Earle? No, I, I, had to, I had to lean into it because I didn't sound as dumb. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, I was just saying that one was a bit tricky because there is the like fake bagpipe intro before that. But uh, I don't have electronic bagpipes. So after the swing round, if my math is correct, it looks like Psyduck in the box picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 100 even. And Team Jigglypuff Daddy picking up 32 points, bringing their total to 82. All right. So now we get to roll into round two. Question one. We choose to go to the moon. Going from Kitty Hawk to the moon in 66 years is pretty impressive, seeing as humans had gone hundreds of thousands of years without figuring out powered flight. It's also impressive that the Wright brothers went from what previous trade that heavily influenced their airplane construction to being aviation pioneers. Yep, we agree. So we're locked in. Do you know this one, Alicia? Uh, they fixed bikes for a living. 
Oh, that makes a lot of sense because I don't know why in my head I thought they were cobblers, but that would not help them fly a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think fixing bikes is a lot better, uh, and I trust you, Alicia, so let's go with that. Okay, now I just want to see a photoshopped image of the Wright brothers running like their <laughs> modern-day Portland bike shop making fixies. Uh, yeah, we said bicycles. I mean, they have the mustaches for it, so <laughs> right. they're halfway there. Yeah, the they they did build bicycles. That is correct. Got too and much heel, Orville. That's one of those the the, the bicycle thieves from earlier. Oh. Might have been a, a hint of that. So it's all connected, as you told us. Yes, all connected. Circle of life. So uh, number two is very legal and very cool. Boston Legal is a spinoff of the show The Practice. The two shows share several actors, including William Shatner, James Spader, and this actress, and a lesser role as Catherine Piper. She is better known for her work in The Mary Tyler Moore Show, The Bold and the Beautiful, and so, so, so many others. Who is this actress? We're just going to guess the one actress that I happen to remember the name of on that show. That sounds good. I don't know if she was necessarily on Bold and the Beautiful, but I know Susan Lucci. I know it's a soap opera, so like I thought of Susan Lucci, um, because she's she's been on so many soap operas, and also Candace Bergen for some reason like pops into my head. Um, those are good guesses. Guess- um, I don't think it would be Susan Lucci because she was really primarily on All My Children. Soap opera. I don't know if she was ever in a primetime show in a, in a like a main role. Um, and then Candace Bergen is a good guess as well. But the only argument I would make on that one is when Mary Tyler Moore was out, uh, the Candace Bergen show was kind of a successor to Mary Tyler Moore and that uh, similar workplace comedies. Mary Tyler Moore was Mary Tyler Moore. Um, I can't remember the actress who played Rhoda. Uh, Cloris Leachman was the landlord. Ed Asner, uh, who was the other three seasons in? Four seasons in, or three seasons in, or two seasons in, Betty White came on. And I don't know if Betty White was on The Bold and the Beautiful or The Practice. All I know is Candace Bergen was not on Mary Tyler Moore. I, I'm pretty sure, because I was just doing research for it for something. I know Betty White was on it, and or Cloris Leachman. Those are the only two I can think of that were on Mary Tyler Moore that could have been on another show. But the bold and beautiful is a soap opera, I think. Like you're saying. Yeah, of uh, course. Leechin sounds like she might have been on a soap opera. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we can go with that if you want. Those are the only two I know that were on Mary Tyler Moore. I cannot think of the name of the actress who was Rhoda, though, who could be as well. But do you want to say Cloris Leechman then? Pissed because I think I figured it out. But we locked in with Lara Flynn Boyle. So uh, I I did not want to mention the Golden Girls as the other show she was on because that would have given it away. It was Betty White. Wow, mm-hmm. you're right on the cusp there. Yeah, I was writing something about Mary Tyler Moore and I didn't realize she was on Mary Tyler Moore, but she played a kind of a similar character that she normally plays. But yeah, and she did a three year stint on The Bold and the Beautiful as the mother of the main female character. I think. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. All right, so uh, question three is, I do not like broccoli. Brassica oleracea, I hope I pronounced that right, more commonly known as wild cabbage, has many domesticated cultivars, including including broccoli. Name three other cultivars. And they have to be specific distinct things, so like not multiple versions of the same one. 
Uh, I wrote down cauliflower because that looks like white broccoli. I, I wrote that um, down too. I agree. And then I wrote down just uh, just normal or modern cabbage. Okay. And uh, I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I heard artichoke is related to broccoli. Artichoke. Okay. Uh, the only other ones I wrote down, I, I forget what leeks are, but I feel like they have a bulb of some sort of bulbous head and some sort of stalk. But I don't know if they're related to broccoli, if they're a cultivar of broccoli. Um, I've eaten leeks before. I don't remember anything about them. Um, and then speaking of, of cabbage, I know he mentioned cabbage. So are we not being specific enough with that, Nathan, I, I suppose, if, if it's oh, even right? So no, if, you, if, if you wanted to, so let's say you wanted to choose cabbage, you can't say cabbage, Napa cabbage, purple cabbage to make all of them, even though they're different types. Like I would only accept cabbage. I see. Okay. Um, I like your your thought process about artichoke and cauliflower. I agree with, and I, I trust you. Whatever you want to go for the third one, let's go with that. All right, uh, cabbage then. All right, what do we have? We had uh, we cauliflower. went with uh, the cauliflower. We said Brussels sprouts, also known as a little cabbage, and kale. That is correct. Uh, the list that I have, which is uh, the most common ones. I mean, there's tons of lesser ones, but cauliflower, kale. Collard greens, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, guyland, kohlrabi, romanesco, broccolini, broccoflower. Nice. So broccoli, broccoli. Kohlrabi was the one that was bugging me that I knew I could think of. Cool. All right. So number four is fear itself. Alfred Hitchcock never won an Oscar. However, in one of his most nominated films, Spellbound, he worked with this famous surrealist artist, although by the time the film was cut into its final product, most of their work was cut from the film. I believe I know this one. Uh, Alicia, if you want to let these guys talk out loud. All right. Okay, cool. I'm good. I trust you. So surrealist artists who would be around in that time, I would say Dali. What was the time frame we're looking at? I don't know the Hitchcock. What were you thinking? Uh, probably like 50s, 60s. I think Dali would have probably been at, like towards the end of his life. Well, Hitchcock was a, a kind of an ass, right? So was, <laughs> so was Picasso. Um, Surrealism, though. Yeah. You'd think Dali. And the other thing is fear itself. Um, Dali was part of uh, Unchen de Angelou, which is like just a freaky movie for the sake of being weird and freaky. So Okay. I go there's also I mean there's also a hint earlier in the game for this one. Don't don't make me think about it. Sorry. <laughs> let's just say let's just say Dali. Oh. He was talking about orology earlier. Maybe that's his clue for Dali. Oh. Melting clocks. That's true. All right. Uh, so the answers are Dali and what was the Uh so you were uh, thinking of uh, Louis Bunuel, right? Oh, Sean yeah. Andalou, yeah. Um, so we went with um, someone who's in one of my favorite movies, uh, constantly talks about the rhinoceros. So we said Dali. Salvador it Dali. was Salvador Dali. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, Jeff, Jeff for that one. I would have really liked to have seen what uh, Hitchcock and Dali actually worked on for the film. So. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Yeah. All right. So number five, why can't I just eat my waffle? We all have times in our lives when we just want to do something, or sometimes we just don't want to do things. 
British singer James Blunt is somewhat famous for refusing to attack a Russian attack Russian troops during the Kosovo conflict, which possibly prevented a larger war. As a British army officer, Blunt is a graduate of which military academy from which all British army officers graduate? James, I didn't know James Blunt was in the military. Oh yeah, he drove a tank. Wow, that guy. Yeah, it's it's beautiful guy. Yeah, you're beautiful. Yeah, or you're yeah. beautiful. Yeah, he was in charge of like running a tank. Yeah. Wow. No wonder he <laughs> writes happy songs. That makes sense. Okay. I'll let you guys um, think about it. I'm pretty sure he was in the tank brigade, but um. Th- so we just need the name of this the school school. The, Army or the whatever British the officers go whatever through. the British Army version East of Point. West Point is. <laughs> I don't know at all. Uh, can you think of anything British that might be military related? Oh, straight out of uh, the old East. Straight Point. out of Hastings. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Um, East Point. Shall we? We don't know. Oh, for sure, we don't know. East Point. East Point. It is east. Of West Point. Of West Point. <laughs> Across the pond point. Um, Alicia, do you um, have any idea on this one? I, I watch a lot of British TV. I mean, I have an idea. But, but it's all British cop shows, not military, right? Well, some of them are former military people. Well, they kind of took my joke answer of East Point because I was thinking West Point also. Um, the other thing that I thought of with, when Nathan read this question was the Royal Air Force. But that's specifically for the Air Force. Yeah, the RAF. Yeah, that's for definitely yeah. for Air Force. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So the only thing I can think of, and this is a long stretch here, is I've heard in British shows, sometimes they'll say they went to like the RM, RMA or the RMC. Um, I'm assuming that means royal, like maybe like royal military something but I don't know if that's real or it's fictional. Um, I'm assuming like, let's see if they're military, they're going to military school. We have West Point Military Academy. So we could probably go Royal Military Academy or Royal Military, let's see. It sounds like a thing. College. So do you want to go, I don't know which one is the right one. Royal Military College, Royal Military Academy. Uh, I guess we'll stick with Academy. Okay, we'll just go with that. Uh, I wonder if DCI Neil cracked the case. So, uh, there there are multiple Royal Military Academies, so um, it'd have to be more specific. The one for the uh, British Army initial officer training is Sandhurst, so mm. RMA Sandhurst. I have heard of Sandhurst. Oh, we were close. We, we got nearly there. I think. You are on the right track, for sure. All right. Well, after the first half of the second round, team Psyduck in a box, picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 130. And team uh, Jigglypuff Daddy picking up 20 points, bringing them to 102. All right. So moving on, question six is, want a friend? Get a dog. Dogs are known as man's best friend. Giant three-headed dogs covered in snakes? Not so much. What is the name of this great beast that guards the interest to Hades in Greek mythology? Never knew about the snakes, but we're reluctant. It has a tail of snakes. Yeah, Alicia, this is like one of the only Greek mythology ones I never forget. I believe it's Cerberus. Next time you come over, I'll show you my statue. <laughs> Do you have a statue? Okay. Yeah, I, I believe it. I, I know it from Percy Jackson, but I, yeah, I think it's Cerberus as well. Let's go with that. Yep. Cerberus. 
All right, and it is Cerberus. So for number seven, I'm a Ford, not a Lincoln. Henry Leland worked in the firearms industry and brought his experience with interchangeable parts and precision machining to the automobile industry, where he later founded Lincoln Motor Company. He also created this company, which was sold to General Motors in 1909 and is to this day the primary American competitor to Lincoln. What is this company? Looks like we're in. We're locked in. Are Lincolns and Bu- are are Buicks a type of Lincoln or are they like different companies? No, they're definitely different. I'm just trying to think of, um, I always used to think of cars in the uh, their umbrella. So you have like, I think it was Ford, Lincoln, Mercury, and you had, um, um, I can't even think of the other ones right now. But yeah, um, Buick would be a competitor of Lincoln. Buick is GM along with, yeah. Oldest car manufacturer continuously manufacturing in the United States. Buick is? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So we're looking for the main competitor of Lincoln. I'm just trying to think of in their classes what car would compete with a Lincoln. It's sort of a higher end, not higher, it's like middle higher end. So Cadillac is kind of high end, but Cadillac could also be an American manufacturer that's up against Lincoln. Buick, like you said. Um, I'm trying to think of who else that would be. Wouldn't be Pontiac, that's GM. Wouldn't be Chevy, GM. No. Um, I like where your head's at. Like either Buick, maybe, or Cadillac. What do you think of those two? Yeah, I was also thinking Cadillac, too, because that's on the higher end. Um, that's your tough. Your son it's bought up... you a Cadillac? <laughs> so I guess it's up to you if, to choose between Buick or Cadillac. <laughs> Good Seinfeld reference. Uh, Sorry. Did... No, no, I, I... Ken's making me laugh because of a Seinfeld reference. Uh, well, you must be made of money. He's got, got a Cadillac. Um what, were there any other clues that you caught up in the question or no? No. Uh, the only thing I got was that it it's the name of a higher end American car. Okay. So higher end. I would put Cadillac above Buick, like you said, for higher end. Do you want to go with Cadillac? Yeah. All right. And just to be completely honest with you, the entire time he was reading, all I was thinking about was the Lincoln lawyer because Ken was looking at me. <laughs> so... Because I just finished it. Um, yeah, let's go with Cadillac. That's our answer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the GM lineup, their entry model is Chevrolet. Then Buick is their mid-market entry. And named for a French explorer who found Michigan, we said Cadillac. Daddy never was the Cadillac kind. It is Cadillac. All right. Nice choice, so, Olivia. Good job. Yeah. good. It's uh, always always like hearing people talk things out and then finally pull it. It, it feels good. Um, sort right. of like the trunk release uh, lever that comes standard with every Cadillac. <laughs> all right. Uh, so number eight, all men are equal before fish. As dolphins left Earth just before its destruction in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, they were polite enough to say, so long and thanks for all the fish. Writer Douglas Adams also wrote stories and worked as a script editor for this British sci-fi show, which, despite having nearly 40 seasons, is just a baby in a country where Coronation Street has over 10,000 episodes. What show was this? I believe I know this one, Alicia. Okay. Were you thinking Doctor Who? I was. Or no? Okay. That's what we're thinking, too. Um, well, I can. I've been rewatching it. It does seem very Douglas Adamsy to me. So. They definitely have more than forty seasons in their fifty, sixty. Well, they took years. a long break, so yeah. Let's let's go with Doctor Who. 
Doctor Who. And uh, if you're okay with that, Alicia, I, I'm guessing you know it is a long-running show. It definitely didn't beat Coronation Street, but it's up there. Uh, and I feel like he'd be a perfect writer for that show. It was Doctor Who. All right, so number nine, sock it to me. Boxer James J. Braddock may not have had a long and storied boxing career. However, his tenacity in returning to the sport after what should have been career-ending injuries to claim the heavyweight title inspired a nickname and a movie about him. What was the nickname and movie title? We're locked in. So, Alicia, Ken loves this movie uh, when it comes to boxing movies. <laughs> I mean, good one. Um, it's a great movie. It has Paul Giamatti in it. Uh, I believe he's looking for this. They did uh, Max Bear totally dirty, though. They really did, yeah. Uh, I believe that he's looking for the Cinderella Man. How do you feel about that? I was, I was that. That's the movie that came into my mind too. All right, cool. So that that's our official answer. Yeah, I got pretty excited when uh, John Oliver bought um, Braddock's like groin crotch piece to ship it to the last <laughs> blockbuster in America. Uh, we said Cinderella Man. That is correct. It is Cinderella Man. All right. So question ten. What do all of the categories in round two have in common? No. <laughs> can you can you name them for us in succession? Sure. Um, all right. We choose to go to the moon. Very legal and very cool. I do not like broccoli. Fear itself. Why can't I just eat my waffle? Want a friend? Get a dog. I'm a Ford, not a Lincoln. All men are equal before fish and sock it to me. All right, we're uh, we're locked in. Suck it to me. Um, so I think that these are all variations of quotes by presidents, because uh, I know H. W. Bush said, "I do not like broccoli." I'm the president um, of the United States now, so I'm not going to eat broccoli. Not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a really great clue. I was, you know, it's funny. I was thinking of they were like old SNL commercials or something, because broccoli made me think of. Um, Dana Carvey, his song, but, uh, but chopping broccoli, chopping broccoli, yeah. But I think now that you say it, like fear itself, like that's a great answer and why you're an awesome. I team. don't get that chopping broccoli thing at all. Just a you know, it just had to be there. Just a goofy song. Um, I totally agree with you. I really like your answer uh, of things presidents have said. Kennedy wanted to go to the moon, right? FDR was afraid of fear itself. Mm -hmm. Didn't want us to be. And Nixon said, sock it to me on laughing. And then Watergate happened. So, right. <laughs> we also said presidential quote variations. Yep. That is correct. It is all things said by presidents. Great poll, Alicia. At the end of regulation, it looks like both teams were picking up 50 points in the second half, uh, which means that... Jigglypuff Daddy is going to pick up 50 to bring them to 152, and Team Side Duck in a Box are at 180. So very narrow margin for the final round. What are the categories, Nathan? So since we just did a whole round of my president said, uh, it is all going to be presidents. So presidents who, what, where, when, and why. We're all in. <laughs> <laughs> So is, is category four and? Who, what, when, where, why. Oh, when. About presidents. Who, what, when, where, why. All right. All the wagers are now locked in. Jeff felt really good about this, so we're going 30s all the way down. Um, we'll find out if that's misguided. Jigglypuff Daddy, 10s all the way down. Feeling a little more conservative, um, but we'll see what happens. What are the questions? So questions are who? 
though the first woman elected to the presidency of a nation was Vigus Finn Bogadotter of Iceland, who won in 1980. The first woman to serve as a president of her country was elevated from the vice presidency on the death of her husband in 1974. Who was she? For what? Joe Walsh, the guitarist for the Eagles, James Gang, Ringo Starr's all-star band, and probably half the other bands your dad listened to, ran for president in 1980, although he couldn't have been elected since he was only 32. In 1989, he appeared on the first season of this groundbreaking acoustic music show, whose episodes later produced a number one hit from Mariah Carey with the cover of I'll Be There in 1992. Name this show. Where? I think of myself as being from Texas because I've lived most of my life here, although I was born in South Carolina. There are multiple presidents that we think of as being from Texas, though not all of those were born here either. Name the only two presidents of the United States that were actually born in Texas. When? When the television show Hail to the Chief debuted in 1985, it was the first time a female president of the United States had been portrayed on television. The sitcom was canceled after just over a month and is now a footnote on the storied career of this actress and mental health advocate, who is better known for her work in The Miracle Worker, Valley of the Dolls, and her eponymous show where she played identical cousins. And then why? The presidency of the United States of America wanted to move to the country. Why? To eat a lot of peaches. While the lead singer of this band states that this desire to move to the country and eat lots of peaches came from the overheard mutterings of a homeless man, it definitely calls back to a song from a couple decades earlier with exhortations to blow up your TV, move to the country, and eat a lot of peaches, which singing soldier and Chicago mailman performed this song. We have the questions. We'll do our best to come up with the answers, and we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. 
and you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are now locked in. Let's get the questions one more time, see what happens. All right. So for all these are related to presidents, and the first one is who. Though the first woman elected to the presidency of a nation was Vigdis Finnbogadottir of Iceland, who won in 1980, the first woman to serve as a president of her country was elevated from the vice presidency on the death of her husband in 1974. Who was she? Yeah, so originally I was thinking that this was Indira Gandhi, but I believe she was prime minister. And to take over after her husband passed away, it had to be something probably a little bit more corrupt. Um, so I think this was uh, Perón. I can't remember her Ava. first name. I can't. Maybe Marie or something from Argentina. Anyways, Perón. Perón. Yeah. Okay. Jeopardy rules. So, yep. Uh, I I don't know if we went fell into the trap, but the only one that we could think of was Indira Gandhi. So it was yeah, Isabel Perón who took Isabel. over when her husband died. Uh, although Indira Gandhi was the daughter of Nehru, who was the. Uh, first prime minister of India and the other founding father. Yeah. Jawaharlal yeah. Nehru. Yeah. Also prime minister. Yeah. Specifically looking for presidents. Cause I think there had been several other prime ministers that predated. Um, anyway. So for what we have Joe Walsh, the guitarist for the Eagles, James gang and Ringo Starr's all-star band, and probably half the other bands your dad listened to ran for president in 1980, though he could not have been elected since he was only 32. In 1989, he appeared on the first season of this groundbreaking acoustic music show, whose episodes later produced a number one hit from Mariah Carey with the cover of I'll Be There in 1992. Name this show. Yep, we said MTV Unplugged. We thought the same thing. Mariah Carey, late 80s, MTV is huge. We said Unplugged. That is correct. I mean, it's either that or storytellers for acoustic music TV mm-hmm. shows. So guess the right one. All right. So for where, I think of myself as being from Texas because I've lived here most of my life, although I was born in South Carolina. There are multiple presidents that we think of as being from Texas, though not all of those were born here either. Name the two presidents of the United States that were born in Texas. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure LBJ was born in Texas. I know he's famously from Texas. And the other one... I'm fairly positive of because I've seen a like a Russian statuesque sized bust of his head right against the highway as I've been driving to Dallas. Uh, and that would be Eisenhower. He's got his hometown like right up there north of Dallas. So uh, we knew for sure it definitely wasn't either of the Bushes. Um, and we guessed presidents that we figured we're from the south so we picked ford and johnson so johnson is correct uh ford is from nebraska and the other one from denison texas just about and a little over an hour north of me is dwight eisenhower i am i am right though doesn't he have like a huge like yeah has a head huge sculpture head. on the side of the yeah highway? it's impossible to miss i i think i'm actually going up to denison next month for something so i will check out the giant head and make sure it's still there but okay, as cool. of last check 
and take uh, a picture for it's it. Like it's, it's like a 30 foot head on the side of the oh, highway. Yeah. I don't it's want crazy. to see my head that big. <laughs> and uh, the bushes, I think, are from Massachusetts and Connecticut, respectively. Yeah, not surprised. They went to Yale, right? Yep. yep. The, those people. They're a Norrie's family. They moved yeah. down there uh, to Houston once daddy found oil. Well, so they moved out to Midland and Odessa first, which uh, is a big step down from Houston. I tell you what, it is so flat down there <laughs> that on a uh, on a on a clear day you can see the back of your own head. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'd... Don't get the flat earthers on us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Earth is not flat. Midland is. So uh, now we move on to when. When the television show Hail to the Chief debuted in 1985, it was the first time a female president of the United States had been portrayed on television. The sitcom was canceled after just over a month and is now a footnote on the storied career of this actress and mental health advocate who is better known for her work in The Miracle Worker, Valley of the Dolls, and her eponymous show where she played identical cousins. Well, we had no idea, so we picked Mary Tyler Moore. And uh, both Neil and I knew that Patty Duke played twins or like identical people. So we picked Patty Duke. And Patty Duke is correct. I'm pretty sure she got a supporting Oscar nomination for The Miracle Worker. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. With Anne Bancroft. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So for the final question, uh, possibly the from the, the discussion the hardest one of the whole game. Uh, the president of the United States of America wanted to move to the country. Why? To eat a lot of peaches. While the lead singer of this band states that this desire to move to the country and eat lots of peaches came from the overheard mutterings of a homeless man, it definitely calls back to a song from a couple decades earlier with exhortations to blow up your TV, move to the country, and eat a lot of peaches, which singing soldier and Chicago mailman sang this song. I'm not... Uh sure on this in any way but just the uh the concept of destroying your tv moving to the country sounds pretty woody guthrie to me so that's what we said it's a great uh, guess as well we're just trying to think of maybe old country artists that uh would be covered you know by the modern kids uh so we just said waylon jennings we had no idea so the song was spanish pipe dream and the artist who wrote it was john prine mm. i don't know if i've ever heard of that person before oh. Check out John Prine. Uh, his first ever bit of uh, press was Roger Ebert was going to see a movie, hated it so much he walked out partway through it and went to go drink away the movie. And uh, John Prine was sitting there uh, playing songs in his mailman uniform because he had just gotten off his route. And Roger Ebert liked it so much he wrote an article about John Prine instead of the movie. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Great story. Well, it's going to be a close one there, Neil. It is going to be a close one. Uh, it seems that team side duck in the pants in the box. Sorry. <laughs> if you put the side duck in your pants, that's animal abuse. Ay, ay, ay. You can abuse Pokemon in many ways, but not like that. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, you, can, you can just steal them from their homes to make them fight for you, but you can't do that. And uh, doing that, you're going to catch a lot more than just Pokeballs. Uh, so we're going to say uh, Team Jigglypuff Daddy is losing 10 points uh, in that hard final round, bringing their total to 142, but picking up 30 points, just enough to win by a pretty handily margin, uh, are going to be. <laughs> just enough to just win. Just 
just with enough. my handily margin. <laughs> is uh, Team Side Duck in a box, uh, bringing up uh, 30 points, bringing their total to 210, and they are today's cream of the crop. Oh, my God, you guys. You're like the cream of the crop right now. Good job, Jeff. Good job, Ken. Was a, good job, Nathan. Uh, good job, you. Alicia. Good job, everyone. Good job, Neil. Thank you. Yeah, good job to everyone. Uh, great, great game. Great questions. Uh, There's a secret theme there that was a lot of fun. Um, great audio round as well. Just great presentation today, Nathan. Thank you. Uh, and speaking of uh, of you joining us today, um, thank you for your Patreon support uh, for putting this game together for all the audio clips that you gave us and the hard work that went into that. But the uh, floor is yours. Anything you'd like to say to anyone, any shout outs, all that good stuff, uh, the time is now. Um, I don't I don't have anything of my own to plug at the uh, moment, but um, I would just like to thank the playtesters that we had. I uh, had uh, Lauren and Louis help me out. And um, so uh, I guess the only other thing I would say is since I don't have anything of my own to plug, um, I uh, definitely tell everyone to go listen to a guy who lives down the way from me, Joshua Ray Walker. He's great. I'll plug his stuff instead. And uh, that's a musician. Or yeah, a musician. Uh, he's a he's a singer. He just uh, had his Opry debut pretty recently. Wow. And oh, and I also thank Ian Playtester. I don't want to leave anyone out. Ian also playtested for me. Right. And how do you say that artist's name? Joshua Ray Walker. Joshua Ray Walker. All cool. right, we'll check them out. Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for being a partner uh, with me today. I know we didn't uh, pull out the win, but I felt like. We were on the same wavelength. We just didn't, we weren't able to do enough to win, but it was a ton of fun. Thank you for joining us. And any final shout outs or, or hellos you'd like to give? Um, so definitely, if you're not already, uh, definitely join um, the Triviality Patreon. It's totally worth it. Um, and the other thing is, I guess, uh, since a lot of, I hear a lot of people just shouting out, uh, checking in on teachers i'll do something different um i guess just support your local library there you go wonderful wonderful shout out there we have a, a great group of librarians uh and library people who work at libraries that listen to the show they've reached out before sent us emails so yes uh totally agree with that support your libraries and uh enriching uh, everyone uh with their reading skills uh but yeah anything else from you guys that's it all right, and Matt uh, is disintegrated uh ken's gonna get a tattoo with his ashes and we'll see if he reappears soon uh, with that old reference we made at the beginning of the episode, but uh, uh, was, but was yeah. that today? Yeah, uh, it feels like it was. <laughs> We're like, just giving up on the callbacks now. Yeah, it feels like it was a long time ago. Well, that'll do it for the episode. Thanks to both of our guests, for Jeff, Neil, and myself. That was triviality. I mean, it's in. I don't think I've ever listened to the lyrics of that one. Which... <laughs> Which is fun. I, it makes me think of I touch myself. I'm feeling like I a just, dog in heat. Well, how about this? I just realized yesterday. I'm 34 years old. I just realized yesterday <laughs> the song I Want Candy, not about candy. Nope. It's nope. about a person named Candy, uh-huh. right? Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. I learned something. I want, a girl, who's, years old. I want a girl who's 37. tough but sweet. And you thought it was about <laughs> Snickers I wasn't bars? listening to the... <laughs> <laughs> I was a child, and my childlike mind just continued on with it. I just remembered it was in heavyweights while they were stealing candy. So. That's because that's what they do with that song. Yeah, all right. Right. Well, all right. what's next? Hey, for any of you out there who need a great platform on which to record your podcast, please use our offer code uh, at uh, zen.ai slash triviality, a trivia game show pod. 
Trust me, we didn't pick that. Uh, but the offer is good for 30% off directly through Zencaster. So if you're looking for the same excellent, easy-to-use experience that we get with professional sound, please check out the link below. Yeah, the discount code's in the link. You can use copy and paste. That's zen.ai slash triviality, a trivia game show pod. Links in the show notes.